We honor indigenous elders and culture bearers past, present, and future. What you doing, Pamela? Hey, Ryan. It's Native American Heritage Month, so I'm writing an indigenous land acknowledgement. Wait, what's an indigenous land acknowledgement? Well, indigenous people were pushed off their ancestral, rightful land. So we want to acknowledge that and honor the people whose land we're on here at the 10 News Studio. Oh, yeah. We are working on indigenous land right now. Wait, how do you know whose land you're on? That's a great question. It depends on where you live. So if you live in New York City, you live on the traditional ancestral rightful home of the Lenape Nation. And if you live in, say, San Francisco, you live on Ohlone, Ramatush, or Muwekma land. Cool, but what if tenors ask me whose land they're on and I don't know the answer? Tell the tenors they can visit the link in our show notes for a map of indigenous territories. Ooh, it's exploration time. But also time to start the show. I'm Pamela Kirkland. I'm Ryan Willard. It's Wednesday, November 16th. And this is the 10 News. 10, Maybe you've noticed a lot of strong feelings and strong language around the recent midterm elections. The results of the election have been called into question in some cases. So what's true and what's not? To be honest, I don't always know. So we had to call in an expert. Hey, everyone. We've got the VP of politics at Crooked Media, Shaniqua McClendon, who's joining us in the studio for this edition of The 10 News Fact or Fiction. You ready, Shaniqua? Let's do this. Shaniqua McClendon, first of all, why should we trust you? And how do you check your sources or what do you what do you do? So I am a trustworthy person, but I say you should trust your own sources. And I can tell you some of the sources I use. Um, reputable newspapers, so the New York Times, Washington Post. Um, there's a ton more out there, but really just checking to see, are these real journalists or is this like an opinion site? Um, and then I worked on the Hill for some time. So if I'm looking into policy, I'll actually go to congress.gov, pull up the bill and see what's in there. But it's really just about making sure that the source that you get your information from is reputable. So wait, you're saying I can go to congress.gov and I can actually read the bills myself? Yes, you can. And another source that people don't tell you about, it's actually a congressional source. But if you uh, Google Congressional Research Service report and whatever issue you're looking up, that is a research service that lives within Capitol Hill. And that's what staffers rely on to get reports and summaries of some of those bills or just a long history of a piece of legislation or policy. Okay, so I can get the same information that the White House staff is using? Yep. All right. I believe I can trust you, Shaniqua. So I'm going to throw out a bunch of different questions or statements, and you're going to tell me if they are fact or fiction. Okay. Question number one. This was a record-making midterm election. That is fact. Typically, uh, whoever is in the White House, which Democrats are in the White House right now, their party tends to lose pretty pretty big uh, during their first midterm election. And that did not happen. Uh, 
Democrats actually kept the Senate, uh, and they, it's not like they had a huge margin. They actually um, were split 50-50, and now they have 50 seats secured already, but might pick up another one. So that's you know the absolute opposite of what typically happens. And in the House, we don't have that sorted out yet. It's expected that Republicans will uh, flip the House, but again, it's going to be by, by a very small margin. And just look back to 2018, Democrats flipped 40 seats in 2018. So that's typically what you see when um, when you have the midterms, um, the party in power typically loses a lot, but that is not the case this time. And I heard Generation Z has its first congressperson. Is that true or not true? Fact or fiction? Fact. I actually got to chat with Maxwell Frost this weekend um, at an event I did, and he is so inspiring. Uh, he even said it's not about him being the first because he won't be the last, but the reason he ran for office is because he wanted to represent the community he's been organizing for 10 years. But it is a fact, and I'm really excited to see uh, young people getting elected to Congress. Okay, I have, I have a very important one. A lot of people have said this in the past. There was widespread voter fraud meaning people cheated while voting there's broken machines there's hacked machines there's all sorts of weird things happening is that fact or fiction that is fiction um this is you know uh you know i'm just gonna call it a lie that we've been hearing for some time you know again checking your sources People talk about voter fraud all the time, but they have no sources. There's not a lot that they can point to to show that there's widespread voter fraud. There's been very few instances, probably like, you know, less than you can count on two, two hands um, of people actually committing uh, what they are calling voter fraud. And in a lot of these instances, people are confused. They're not maliciously going out to, to break the law. Uh, but by and large, our election, elections are secure and safe. And this is just something people who are upset they lost say. Very serious one. Fact or fiction, Generation Z did not vote. They simply played video games and made TikToks. Ah, oh, you know, that is false. You know, I will say maybe they were playing video games and making TikToks, but I saw a lot of voting TikToks. Um, so they, you know, they went out and voted. There was a lot of, um, you know, just people assuming that Gen Z was not going to show up to vote. And I'm so happy that the opposite happened. And I think the results of the election on Tuesday, the results that we've still been getting for a week now are due in large part to Gen Z. Okay, I'm going to end this one with a very, very serious question that I, I feel like our audience might be wondering. If you are between the ages of eight and 13 years old right now, it doesn't matter what happens in politics since you're not old enough to vote. Fact or fiction? Fiction, fiction, fiction. It totally matters what happens. And honestly, you all are who, you know, young people, especially people under the age of 18 or who are, are who's gonna be left with the decisions that lawmakers are making right now. You can't vote, but you can have an impact on who does vote and tell all of the adults, I can't vote, but these things are important to me. So please take this seriously and show up. That is everything I wanted to hear and know right now. Shaniqua, thank you so much for joining us and taking time out of your incredibly busy day. Absolutely. Love being here. Now you know the facts and you can spot the fiction. Thanks for the breakdown, Shaniqua. Tenors, if you have more questions about the election, check out AssociatedPress.com for the most up-to-date election coverage. How's that map exploration going, Ryan? It is so cool to see the names of thousands of indigenous nations and tribes in what we now call the U.S. 
And speaking of names, I consulted the Native American Journalists Association to better understand the different terms that we hear when talking about indigenous groups. Oh really? What did you learn? The term Native American generally represents all Native people of the continental United States, and some in Alaska. Cool! Alaska Native and Native Hawaiian are preferred terms for Native people from the lands now associated with those states. Nice! The term American Indian, often used interchangeably with Native American and historically used by the federal government, is actually becoming less acceptable to Native peoples today. The word indigenous, with a capital I, is used to represent people who self-identify as Native, and in the U.S. refers specifically to those with tribal membership or citizenship. I did not know that. Oh, and whenever possible, it's always best to refer to Native people by their tribal affiliation, or the specific tribes, nations, or communities they're connected to. Just remember that individuals have different preferences, so if you're not sure, just ask. We've been talking about Native American Heritage Month. But what exactly is Native American Heritage Month? Great question, Pamela. This month, also called American Indian and Alaskan Native Heritage Month, is a celebration of the contributions and achievements of Indigenous Americans. And a big part of recognizing Indigenous Americans is being respectful of their culture. That's led to a number of sports teams, universities, and towns changing their names. Here to tell us more is Liza Banks Campania. Deb Holland made history when she was sworn in as the United States Secretary of Interior. It's a pretty cool job overseeing the use and conservation of federal land. Holland became the first Native American cabinet secretary in U.S. history, and she continues to make history. I bring my perspective, um, and I bring the 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 very strong. Priority to ensure that other Native voices are heard. One of her big moves as the department head was to launch a task force to remove derogatory, which means disrespectful, names from federal land. The task force took submissions from the public, and now, nearly a year later, over a thousand recommendations were submitted for name changes. And Deb Holland announced that a commonly used Native word has been officially classified as derogatory because of its historical use as an offensive slur for Indigenous women. Way to go! Over 600 locations were renamed because of the removal of the word, with some locations being renamed to reflect the local indigenous language and tribes that are native to the regions. The department consulted with nearly 70 tribal governments to come up with the new names of locations that are mostly in the Southwest, in Arizona, Nevada, California, and even Alaska. Excellent! This is a great step in the right direction, but there's still plenty of work to be done. The department is now addressing name changes on a case-by-case basis. Holland said, I feel a deep obligation to use my platform to ensure that our public lands and waters are accessible and welcoming. That starts with removing racist and derogatory names that have graced federal locations for far too long. This is where my family is. This is where my history is. We've been here for tens of thousands of years, and we want to make sure that we are defending this land for future generations. Wow. Thanks so much, Liza Banks. That's so cool. Tenors? You can check out more Native American Heritage Month resources, including an indigenous film festival with kid-friendly shorts at the link in our show notes. Welcome to the Trivia Room. Thank you so much for having me here. This is absolutely amazing. Welcome, Shaniqua. Feel free to take a seat on the Trivia Throne for today's trivia question. You ready? 
I'm ready. What is going on here? Trivia on the 10. It's Native American Heritage Month, and today's trivia is about broken treaties. Way back in 1835, the U.S. government signed a treaty with the Cherokee Nation, but to this day have not honored it. Do you know what the government promised but failed to deliver? Is it A, a seat in Congress, B, statehood, or C, their own Navy? Tenors, did you guess it? Shaniqua, what's your answer? I feel like I'm a who wants to be a millionaire right now. Um, Okay, so my approach. Their own Navy doesn't make sense uh, because they can just utilize the resources of the United States. And statehood is not something I've ever understood to be promised to um, Cherokee Nation. So I'm going to go with A, a seat in Congress. The answer is... A, a seat in Congress. The Treaty of New Echota led to the Cherokee Nation's forced removal from Georgia to Oklahoma. In the terms of the treaty, in addition to promising the Cherokee Nation money and land, the U.S. government also promised the Cherokee Nation a non-voting seat in the House of Representatives. But this never happened. Seriously? Now, Cherokee activists are pressing Washington to honor the treaty and appoint their representative. Although they won't be able to vote on legislation, they will be able to introduce new laws and be on committees, giving the Cherokee Nation a voice in Congress. It's about time. Tenors, do you want to sit on the trivia throne and share your trivia knowledge? Visit the 10news.com slash contact to get in touch, and we might have you on the show. Well, Ryan, it's been another great day at the 10 News. And now we're going to give special 10 News snaps to some of our listeners. But before we do, here's a quick note for the grown-ups. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust? You need Shopify for retail. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in-line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Shopify's sleek, reliable POS hardware takes every major payment method and looks fabulous at the same time. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com lifestyle, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com lifestyle to take your retail business to the next level today. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages. Teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. Okay, now it's time for 10 new snaps. 
from Apple Podcasts, we have a comment from I'm the Awesome Kid who said, Oh my dog. Best podcast ever. So good. Ryan is so funny and Pamela is such a good host. That is the nicest thing anyone's ever said about me. Thank you, Awesome Kid. Thanks to Mom Slice One who wrote us an Apple Podcast review. It was great to read that your eight-year-old says that they really get kids. And Toddy Virginia said, easy and thoughtful way to introduce kids to events happening around the world. Thank you so much, awesome kid, Mom Slice One and Toddy Virginia. And thanks for listening to the 10 News. 10 Things You Need to Know drops every Tuesday and our in-depth reports drop every Wednesday. But if you want some bonus content, you can join the Tenors Club on our website or on Apple Podcasts. The 10 News is a co-production of Small But Mighty Media and Next Chapter Podcasts. The 10 News creative team is looking up whose land they're on and includes Tracy Crooks, Pete Musto, and Tessa Flannery. Special thanks to Shaniqua McClendon and Liza Banks-Campagna for contributing to this episode. Our production director is Jeremiah Tittle, and our executive producers are Donald Albright and show creator Tracy Leeds-Kaplan. I'm Ryan Willard. And I'm Pamela Kirkland. Thanks for listening to The 10 News. Hi, friends. Are you looking for a new podcast? Maybe something you can share with your littles? Something that has some storytelling in it? Well, then look no further. We have Storytime with Philip and Mommy, where my son and I sit and discuss all the great books that you might love while we read them. So, Little Golden Books, Berenstain Bears, and even the new classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now.